Hey everyone, welcome to The Second Take, a podcast where we look back at our most recent Sunday sermon from South Beach Church in Newport, Oregon. My name is Luke Frechette and I'm the lead pastor at South Beach Church and every week we invite new guests into the studio as we talk about the previous passage. Our prayer is that you enjoy the conversation, grow in your knowledge of God's word and are encouraged to be part of his body. Hi, I'm Pastor Isai. Welcome to The Second Take Podcast. And our guests today are Adam Durkin and Ryan Rocha. Adam Durkin is the discipleship pastor at South Beach Church, and Ryan Rocha is the worship pastor. Let's get into it. Say the quick prayer. Yes. Yeah. Before we get going. Prayer. Yeah. One, one thing that? I'll just, I, I had a dream last night, and uh, the dream was interesting, and there's a couple components that may or may not be uh, pertinent, one of which was a bunch of kids from the school were there mm-hmm. in the dream, but they're all having fun running around, and I think we were like at this park exploring things, and seemed like I had this higher vantage point, almost like I was mm-hmm. at a church looking down at them and they were just having so much fun. These three travelers came by and they wanted some information on like the park. And I was like, oh man, you got to check this place out. You got to check this place out. And it was just like a, a classic, you know, Luke Frechette moment anyways. And then next thing I know, I'm in the church and it's this conference and we're at the conference and I'm by the pulpit and it's like the last final words and Adam is there and Adam's by the pulpit with me. And all of a sudden it's like Adam pulls out this Bible and it's the biggest Bible I've ever seen. Like probably imagine like, you know, two foot by, by two foot, just yeah. square. It's like not even a real Bible. It's like somebody made it. Yeah. Right. And, and Adam grabs it. It's got like handles on it and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty epic. And he puts it on the pulpit and he opens it up and like everyone grabs their Bible. And it was almost like we all knew what was going on. Everyone's like, dude, this is the moment, like the word of God. And, and it was like, kind of like Adam, he said, I think he said something, or at least the implications were, okay, guys, at the end of the conference, let's all like commit to getting in the word. Wow. This is the most important part. Wow. Everyone grab your Bible. And he opened up the Bible and like everyone stood with their Bibles and I woke up. Crazy. It was crazy. That, and then the first time awesome. I saw Adam today <laughs> yeah. walking, he had his Bible in his hand, right. which Adam doesn't always carry his Bible in his no, hand. That I'm be a honest. Bible app dude. He's a Bible app dude. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Today, this, At home, I, I'm, a, I'm a Bible guy. This might be the first time. It's not, but this might be the first time I've ever seen you with a paperback Bible. No, I hear you. Yeah. Because you don't hang out in my living room. Because I don't hang out in your living room. <laughs> yeah. I'm not as cool as Franklin, your cat. No. <laughs> many, uh, many aren't. Nobody's as cool as that. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was cool. And That's so I woke up. Woke up this morning, and here's, oh, let me just tie it in even further, because I had last night decided that I I just didn't really want to put the energy into going to the conference up in uh, Washington mm-hmm. in three weeks. Yeah. It's on November 10th, 11th, and 12th. Yeah. But so then, we're going. I don't know. Because then this morning, right after the dream, the Lord reminded me of what the conference title is. And I didn't, I didn't remember it last night. Right. Mm. Do, you remember, do you remember what the I title don't. of the conference is? No. It, nope. Neither do I. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's something, oh no, I, I just got it. I just got it. I think it, I think it's called the wonder of the word, mm. which nice. is an interesting, you know, obvious Calvary Chapel. We just love the sure. word of God. We're yeah. chapter by chapter, verse by verse. But I thought, man, does, does the Lord want us to go? You know? Yeah. Cause it really is interesting. So all that's to say, good to see you with your Bible, Adam, you know, in my dream and here this morning. And, <laughs> and now here I am with my Bible app. I, 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 I got Bible. the Bible app too. I was so encouraged when I saw Adam walking across <laughs> the parking lot with his Bible. I was just like, yeah, it. dude, I just had this dream. That's notice, crazy. Notice, I love that. Notice Adam's Bible is the and biggest one. It. Yeah, Big, it's the biggest Bible too. It's the yeah. biggest Bible well, at the table. Well, it's my study Bible, so, because I have to be prepared to be smart today. <laughs> Watch Adam start reading read the study like, notes. Like, yeah. you know, the interesting thing. Hold up, hold up. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> it was actually oh 1,408 years. Yeah. No. 
Uh, I think we were going to We were going to start with prayer, I think. Yeah. Amen. Let's do it. Lord, we uh we love you, we thank you, we honor you, we look to you, we believe in you. I thank you so much, Lord, for this room that we're gathering in, Lord, and the guys at this table that are committed to the mission of Jesus, Lord, that have surrendered to you. You told us that you would build your church and, and we believe it, but we also believe you're going to build your church through us and and we pray in Jesus name that you would bless our uh, attempts. Lord, I was listening to a song this morning. I don't even know who was singing it, but the idea was stepping out, taking steps, um, uh, stepping by faith. And I pray in Jesus' name as we do this, that it would be good for our growth, that we would be mighty men of God. We would open up our Bibles and open up the Word, get into the Word. We would return to the wonder of the Word. Thank you for that. And I pray that it would also encourage and bless other people, Lord, as they tune in and as they, um, just as we encourage them in any aspect, any platform we can. So again, we, we ask for help to do this because we know who we are naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just unable to, but we know who we are supernaturally. So equip us and bless us. May this be encouraging to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Anybody else have any cool dreams? Any dream, dreams last night? I wish. No, dreams? no, I don't think I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I sure I did, never but... have any, like, it's rare. And a yep. lot of mine are like, they're not fun. Yeah. They're like, like night terror type stuff. Mm. Like yeah. that's, that's actually every time I've had a dream that wasn't like that. I, I remember right. very profoundly, like the night terrors actually, they're almost just don't stick at all because I've had so many of them. Right. It's like repeats. Dreams yeah. are interesting that way to me because like what is going on in your subconscious and if you have a really vivid dream mm-hmm. like once every month or like twice a year because they're not that often mm-hmm. like well, what is that you know is that yeah. is it noteworthy is it something and and the fact that i i can't speak for everyone but i'm pretty sure we all forget our dreams almost immediately mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'll, totally, I'll totally. remember that it's like <laughs> yeah. but you have no clue you're like what you have to take a note it's just all i don't know dreams are interesting we have multiple dreams um throughout the night and most of the time you don't remember any of them yep which is interesting to me the ones that stick out are the ones that, um, well, you obviously think about the most. Right. Right. Sure. But I think those are the ones that are impacting your decisions for the, whatever it is that you're going through at that moment. One time I had breakfast with a friend. Um, her name's Melinda. And I was probably 19, maybe 20 years old. And I remember we were having breakfast at the Greenleaf restaurant and sun was out. It was a beautiful morning. And, and she looked at me and said, hey, how'd you sleep last night? Mm-hmm. And as soon as she asked that question, it reminded me of the dream that I'd had that I hadn't even remembered I had a dream. Mm. And it was almost like it took my breath away. And she looked at me, she goes, are you okay? And I yeah. said, no, <laughs> I'm not. Oh I said, I'm, I'm remembering a dream I had because you asked me how I slept. Oh, and I began yeah. to process this dream and just sit there for the next five minutes. And it was a prophetical dream I won't go into right now, but it was like a warning and a kind of description of the exact thing that was happening at the church I was attending. Mm-hmm. And it was like so intense and that it all, it all happened on cue exactly as the dream had oh. It was just like the Lord was, there's nothing I could do about it either. Right. Like I couldn't change what was happening. It was almost like the Lord just confirmed I'm, I'm still here. Right. Even though the church is going through this crazy storm right now, <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still here. And that's, it was just crazy. Maybe that kind of directly relates to the dream you had last night too. Cause I feel like, cause we're building mm-hmm. a church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things are happening. There's, we just launched a school. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare, of course. Yep. So, you know. It's just interesting that you would have that dream 
Right. At this time. Right. Right. <laughs> I'll never forget the Bible too. It was like, a, it, was, it wasn't like a, you, when you think of that, the biggest Bible you've ever seen, you think about the family Bible with the gold lettering. It wasn't, it was like, sure. it was more utilitarian. Yeah. Like it almost had like pockets on the outside and like, <laughs> it was like covered with like corduroy. Like it was like a huge, <laughs> almost gemstones like a Rory Bible. <laughs> almost. Yeah. It's like a Rory Bible. <laughs> almost like a, if you imagine an artist has their like canvas, you, their like bags that they carry all their like stuff in. It was like right. that big. But it was just, but it was the response when you like threw it on the pulpit and you like kind of looked around. Everyone's like, oh. you're like, this is, this is the most important time now. Yeah. You know, everyone grab your Bible, grab, you know, open it, get in the word. Yeah. It was just, you opened it and everyone's just like, can we make this Bible and put it somewhere? <laughs> in the office? How fun would that be? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a Lord of the Rings moment, you know, but so, it was rad. so rad. Gandalf just coming over the hill. It's like, <laughs> pretty sick. So, I mean, what, what's, what's your biggest takeaway? What would would you think would be the biggest takeaway from the sermons for the last three weeks? Like Joshua one and two. What? Yeah. I think Joshua one and two, you know, are so um, epic because Joshua is like the new character, but he's not a new character. He's been in the scriptures throughout. It even introduces Joshua in the beginning that Joshua was Moses's assistant Mm -hmm. from, from the beginning. And so we can just speculate, Whoa, Joshua has been doing so many things for so long and now all of a sudden he gets like a primary role. He gets a different, a different opportunity to lead, a different opportunity to serve. Mm. But it's not that he's new to serving. And, and I think that that alone is in, in really uh, an important aspect in being a leader of God is the many, many years and opportunities he allows us. If, if you really look at what I would say authentic leadership and authentic servanthood is God allows year after year after year mm. of kind of, I don't want to say menial service, but like just service. And he, he tests us, he prepares us, he allows us opportunities. And, and that's not, that's kind of frustrating because depending on how you're wired, mm-hmm. we tend to want to see the, the development of the plan. We want to see right. the development of the project. We want to see what, what's going on here yeah. and now, I, now, and even then, if we don't see it now, then it's really hard to stay for all of us, even no matter where you're at in your life right now. I think it's hard to be super optimistic in, on, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a normal day. Got no, normal leadership things. And with the Lord, he's like, this isn't, there's nothing normal. Yeah. This is all preparatory. This is all huge. All of it. You can't see it right now. But if you, you choose to trust the Lord and his plan, it's going to be necessary in the future, both for character, for experience, for wisdom, mm-hmm. for, for temperament. I mean, just so many things. Let, let the Lord choose. And I remember when I moved here from uh, Ashland in 2010 and partnered with Matt Harner and, and James Brown was there and Travis Reeves, and that was kind of the core team. And I began to look at what was happening at the church and I started asking questions like, well, why, why are you guys doing it this way? And have you ever thought about doing it this way? And mm. some real minor adjustments that made a lot of sense to me, but weren't that clear to everyone else. And the Lord just showed me, he's like, Luke, you've been serving for 10 years at the Ashland Christian Fellowship. And it's been 10 years of preparation. Everything you've learned, everything you've gone through wasn't wasted or, or arbitrary. It was on purpose. And I really was humbled. I was like, oh my Praise gosh, that was that was all on purpose. Oh, I needed that time because now there's things that, that I'm able to offer to this group. And it's really cool. Like, you know, that work ethic or any kind of experience. So that being said, back to Joshua, thinking that God called Joshua to be, you know, Moses's assistant. Right. And so he followed Moses. He learned from Moses. And even that's kind of God's introductory pep talk to Joshua. As I was with Momo, I'm going to be with you. I was with Moses. Like Joshua, I think it would be so fun to serve with a Joshua. If you can mm-hmm. imagine that. Yeah. Like Moses had his bad days mm-hmm. and he had people come against him. I mean, he had attacks all the time. I, I'm not sure. I'm pretty positive 
none of the rebellious accusations or attacks or bad days were were, were from Joshua. Right. Like Joshua was always his biggest fan, always a supporter. Right. Always, you know, and so Joshua knew what it was. He knew what it was like to be under authority. So that way God could put him in authority. And I think, I think we've all heard that before. You have to be able to serve well under somebody before you'll be put over people that'll serve under you. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to yeah. do it wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me growing up, um, in a church where it was very much coming out of the Jesus people revival. And uh, my parents kind of came out of that and they were um, in their eyes, they were the Moses generation and they would speak constantly about the Moses generation versus the um, Joshua generation. Mm -hmm. And they would almost prophesy and speak into us. uh, You know, like basically we were generation X. I mean, uh, you know, most of us in this table are, considered generation X and um, we're kind of the lost generation, but yet the, they would kind of speak like actually life into and say, no, you're actually the Joshua generation. And it was this, like, there has to be a working relationship between the two. So I was kind of grow, grew up in that, like hearing that a lot, that, um, that they were promised um, through the Jesus people mm-hmm. revival. They were promised that there would be good times and there was, there was a huge revival that came out of that. But I remember my dad in particular saying, man, we're, we're only going to be able to take it so far. Um, and we're going to ultimately uh, pass it on to you. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was Moses' sin that um, kept him from the promised land. Um, but he was raising up a generation and he was raising up a people group. And so I'm now at the same age as my father who spoke that to me when I was a teenager, um, where right now I'm, I, I don't have a family, but I could have a teenager and, but I do have young adults that, uh, as a, as a pastor of the young adults and, and I see them as, okay, is this the time where I need to be raising up this next generation to go even farther? Um, and it's hard because mm-hmm. I still feel like I can fight, mm-hmm. uh, until I have that, like softball injury and then I'm, I'm out for four right. or five days. Um, but I look at, uh, this generation and, and there it's the same thing where I'm sure all our parents sat back and go, I don't know, is this, is this seriously who we have to get, keep to continue? Right. Is this who we seriously have? And mm-hmm. the world saying like, absolutely not. Like they can't do it. You know, only the old generation can do it only. And then the reality is that, uh, we have to trust that. And right. so, to me, the Moses um, Joshua uh, relationship must have been just a tight pouring into, raising up. You're the commander of the army. You're uh, my friend. You're a guy I trust. And the reality, I mean, he was a spy too. So it was like, right. man, you you got to trust his life. And then the reality is, it's like, but you're also going to continue the ministry. Yeah. And so uh, I took that pretty, I remember taking that on and going, man, Here's some older guys that are saying that I'm the Joshua generation. I'm going to see, and and I think we have seen a lot of fruit, but to me, this next generation is going to see more fruit than we'll ever see. And that's what I was thinking while you're saying that, because if you look at life and the trajectory and just believe in the biblical principles, you only get, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of life. That's your journey. And then somebody's coming up right after you every single generation. And so to to, to, to grab onto the fact that you're a Moses or you're a Joshua generation, I think just repeats itself every single generation. Yeah. So depending on where you're at, I'm 44 years old, so I'm right there on the, I could, I could pick or choose either one. I could find mm-hmm. some Moseses ahead of me mm-hmm. and say, man, just pull me along. Let me learn from you. Let me, let me serve you. Let me serve this mission, this greater mission and, and humble myself in that way. But then also 
gladly trust that everyone that God's given me an opportunity to lead in or influence in any sort of way is going to do greater things. Mm-hmm. It's just God's principle. And to like trust in that, even this morning I was at the school and doing some things. And at one point I just, I just went outside during recess and was playing with the kids and and I started playing Gaga Ball with the kids. I don't know if you guys have ever played Gaga Ball before. It's a sure way to either go to the emergency <laughs> room or to, you know, get a black eye. Or, or your feelings hurt. <laughs> or your feelings hurt. It's going right. to it's gonna humble you. But I had a really good stretch. I was, I was doing really good. Yeah. And the kids were cheering. They were freaking out, man. I was jumping around. I think I landed on the ground like three or four times. And it was just, it was awesome. And I just kind of walked away from that because they were just, you know, they, they probably look at me like an old man. But they were stunned for a minute. Yeah. And I was like, encouraged. I was like, yeah, be excited, be encouraged, give them something to talk about. But at the same time, wanting and believing these kids. And then I sat back, and here's the good part. I sat back in the, the library, and I was listening to Pastor Paul uh, teach the kids. And I was listening to all the classrooms throughout the hallways, and they were all singing um, scripture memorization songs, and they were doing their projects, and the discipleship was happening to these younger Joshuas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were getting raised up. And I was like, dude, this is insane right. what, what's happening here at the school right now that we just started. And so it's being a good Moses, if you're in that position, which I am in that position, but I'm also, I consider myself a Joshua too, um, in following after the predecessors, you know, that have led, you know, in front of me. One thing I want to point out in Deuteronomy 34, uh, the chapter right before Joshua 1, and it says this specifically about Moses. It says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. And his eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Mm-hmm. So he was still playing co-ed softball. He was still getting after <laughs> it. Um, and, I, and you guys know, as Adam just pointed out, uh, Moses did not go into the promised land. Uh, he was disallowed because of his, his sin. And that was, you know, I think that's indicative too, because through Moses came the law. And it's almost like this, yeah. this like example of, yep, he, he's actually not going in. Why? Well, because he sinned. Well, we all sin. Well, yeah, he's an example in many ways of how the law can't save us and, and deliver us. But that God even said he he was still full of natural vigor. His eyes hadn't diminished. He was 120 years old. That sounds pretty old. But in, in those days, that was kind of like young. Mm-hmm. And God still said, it's time to transition. And he, and he essentially, I'll just say it, he put him down. Yeah. He's like, Moses, you're done. Yep. You're done. Right. And Josh was taken over. This is This is the plan. And I just, I love God's sovereignty so much in that God will rise up and raise up men and women to do what he wants to do, how he wants to do that in, in, in whatever time. Right. And just to trust that too, like you can worry about the future, what's going to happen? Whatever God wants is going to happen. Yeah. And then you can look at the past or the, the immediate present and say, what's happening? And this is crazy in whatever it is. Or you can say, thy will be done. Thy will be done. God knows what he's doing and uh, that he orders and orchestrates events. He's willing and able he invites us in and he high controls us and he just, you know, it's beautiful. It's interesting. Um, you, you basically just said it, but the whole book of Joshua is about that. It's just about God's plan and the faithfulness of God and trusting in that. Um, and there's many examples throughout the book of Joshua where they've had opportunities like mm-hmm. the wall of Jericho and then the battle of I, uh, I all that um, contrasting battles, you know. Um, but it's interesting if we look at it from a leadership perspective because we're all leaders at this mm-hmm. table and looking when I look at the younger generation to see who's going to take my place one day it's it's kind of hard to see and, I, and mm-hmm. I think that's all of us you know it's it's really hard to see but if we think about who we were mm-hmm. before we became the leader before mm-hmm. we became the Moses and we were the Joshua no one would have chose us either this, right. you know especially because of uh, some of the things in our past you know right. you wouldn't think 
oh, you know, Ryan Rocha or Luke Fischetter or any of us would be uh, a pastor at right. a church. And that's just, like you said, the sovereignty of God. And it's, we, the, my point is that we have to remember that it's his plan, not ours. And that was um, the first thing I got in the first part of Joshua when the angel comes to talk to him and he asks if he's, uh, you know, for us or are you for our right. enemies? And it's like, dude, you should know, like, right. Why I'm here, you know, and it's a, uh, it's, and it almost raises the question. I heard somebody say this, so that's why I'm saying it. You can cut it out if you want, but it almost ra- raises the question of like, was Joshua even on God's side at all, or was he only focused on the mission of getting to the promised land? Well, I think that's a great question, and it's embarrassing at times that like the Lord has to ask us, like He did Peter, "Hey, do you love me?" Yeah, it's like, well, dude, I gave. <laughs> but in, in Peter's gets frustrated in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Jesus asks him three times. And he does the same with Joshua, essentially. He shows up and Joshua's like, are you for me or against me? He's like, no, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Take your shoes off and worship. And he's like, whoa. And even like Isaiah 6, Isaiah's on mission, doing stuff. And God like blows his mind and like, you know, peels back his eyes. And he's like, oh no. And God, God doesn't let him go though. He's just Mm -hmm. constantly reminding him. And, uh, and you have to, I just love that God chooses imperfect people to do his perfect work through. And like you said too, Ryan, about, you know, this finding, finding, leaders to succeed you, if you would. And one thing that's, I think, common in the scriptures is nobody's the same. Mm-hmm. Like the, the secondary king or even Joshua and Moses, they're not the same. They're very, very different. And I tend to look at my gifts and, and whatever, who, whoever I am, like, who's going to replace me? And I tend to think, well, they got to do it just like me. Yeah. And there's a lot of pride in, involved in that. And I think most people tend to see their replacement being very similar to them or doing just a little bit better than them. But I've never seen that. It's like it, even father, son, you know, they call it nepotism or, you know, when, when churches, you know, just kind of raise up from within. Right. But they're all very different. And mm-hmm. when, a, when a son, as an example, tries to take his father's, you know, shoes and, and they usually don't fit. They don't fit. They're very different. And, and I celebrate my kids and their uniqueness and their differences. And it's just kind of open-handed. Like if this was my kingdom... And I was in charge of keeping, I'll just say it this way, my brand, you know, intact and protected. Well, then, yeah, I better, you know, really be concerned, but it's not my brand. It's not my kingdom. It's even, uh, even more so is it not, it's, it is the Lord's brand and kingdom. Mm, it's his. Right. And so he on purpose is like, oh, that was really cool, Luke, how you did it your way. Guess what? Never going to do it that way again. Right. <laughs> He uses what you're equipped with. Yes, but he doesn't. Moment, yeah. But he's not impressed with what we're equipped with. Like, right. oh man, nobody does it like you. You know, better, <laughs> right. better do that again. Yeah. He's just not. He'll throw it away well, on Moses purpose. Moses did some really incredible things, right, throughout right. the scriptures. Uh, but God still put him down. And what right. you said was early um, for his age, you know, and then put Joshua there because it was Joshua's time to do what Joshua could only do. Yeah, because that, of who he is. Right. You know? I think it's interesting that God jumps in here and he. Um, he basically reinforces what Joshua, or he tells Joshua several times to do what it seems like Joshua is good at. He's like constantly telling him to be strong and courageous. Yeah. And I'm like, Joshua was a warrior. Joshua was a commander. He was in a leadership position for, I don't even know how long was he the whole time. Was he his assistant? I don't, I don't know, but it was a very long time. Right. And then he's like, be strong, be courageous. He says that like eight times in yeah. chapter one. Right. And like, in, in addition to that, what he tells him to do in, in chapter one is like, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He tells him, hey, I'm going to guide you through the word of God. Right. right. Which I is like so elementary, right. but also like so important. Absolutely. And it's like, okay, yeah. hey, I'm going to, it's almost like when Jesus said in, in the end of his ministry, I'm going to give you a new commandment. 
And it's like the boys took out their notepads. Like, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be juicy. Like, what is it? And he's like, love one another. You know? <laughs> and they're like, ah, that's not that new, you know? And, 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 but we, we just need to, we need to major on the majors mm-hmm. and for Joshua to be strong and of good courage and to not be dismayed and to not turn to the right hand or the left hand. Right. There's no magic recipe outside of what God has already prescribed, yeah. which is his word. Right. Staying in his word, reading his word, letting his word dictate and edit yeah. us, not us dictate and edit it. And there's just no other way around it. Well, it's there's so cool. the temptation to go the other way too. Right. And I, I mean, I don't mean to get ahead, but at, at the end of the book, Joshua leaves them with a choice. You know, you right. can either obey the commands and you'll inherit yeah. this land forever. Or if you decide to be like the world, then the land will be taken from you. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so if we're thinking about it in the long term, all of this, I mean, it started with um, Abraham. And then now they're finally getting the promised land after so many years. And you think about it like, why? Why didn't I get it right away or whatever? You have to think about the long run. Long run is Jesus. That was mm-hmm. the ultimate plan, right? Um, so you just have to, in my opinion, this book is really um, suggesting that like, just trust in the Lord. His faithfulness is going to get you through because he has Word. a greater plan. And for us to put it in our perspective, the greater plan isn't us. It isn't us building a church or, or launching a school. It's going to be the next generation doing whatever they're going to do to do the next thing right. until Jesus comes back. And right. It's all about his kingdom. And, and that's what I feel like that's what I got a lot out of that. I think a lot of that, too, is is knowing our history and where we've come from, too. Yes. Because one of the things with Moses is Moses is giving the, given the title um, servant of the Lord at the beginning. Joshua and it um, and later on in the book uh, it's finally passed on the same title to Joshua and so Moses carries that and at the first at the, and there's actually only I, I believe there's only four characters that have that title in the Bible um, you've got Moses and then Joshua and then David and then the Messiah in yeah. Isaiah and one of the things that I, I think is so interesting about that is that he has to earn that title he has to earn so he has to walk through trials he has to walk through all the things to be able to earn the simple title of servant of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's not the title of king. It's not the title of ruler. It's the title of servant. And I think that's just so interesting to me yeah. that it's like to continue to look past, you know, I mean, reality is Moses in our, in my opinion, is is a bigger name than Joshua when we think oh, about yeah, the, totally. the fathers of the, of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was... It was really Joshua who led the um, the expansion of the of the promised land, and so um, yeah, I just I, I just think some so many times we almost write off our forefathers, the ones that came before us, the yeah. um, the guys that uh, laid that foundation. When the reality is, it's man, it's it's their trials, their hurts, their frustration, their um, digging in the word right. and hitting their head against the wall yeah. and all those things that made it easier for us at times right. to there's do a, the things that we do. There's a whole line of people that pass that torch faithfully throughout the generations again and again and again. Yeah. And they had tons of struggles and like some of them don't make the Bible, but that's, that's, that could be your life. And like that there's dignity and honor and all that. And like, that's what you're called to. That's what you're called to. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome how the Lord allowed Joshua to see Moses's resolve and to really, because I mean, leadership is boils down to, I think at at the end of the day, resolve. Mm. I'm just going to resolve to not quit. Yeah. I'm going to resolve to keep going. Yeah. 
I'm just going to keep going. That's a great and, start. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and when, when, when Joshua is called, even like at the end of Joshua chapter 24, it's like Joshua, I'm not going to say he doesn't care, but he's, he's encouraging the people. He's leading the people. And you guys know the passage. And he says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that are on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whom this land dwells. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like he's so radically committed to the to the process. And, and he trusts also that, that the other men and women will do that, mm. that he's like, I'm not going to hold your hand. Right. Right. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm a warrior. We're going. And get with the program. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate that, that severity because the Lord is going to be uh, sovereign to work out the details. He's going to be sovereign to build his church, to finish the project, to cause all things to work together for good. But what he calls for us as leaders is that resolve of don't quit, just yeah. keep going. And God, and God showed that to Joshua in Moses's life, but then he put that deep, you know, leadership character quality in Joshua as well. And I just, I think it's such a, freeing because I can, I can spaz and I can panic and stress about all the people that are, you know, falling through the cracks and there's, there's a, you know, care ministry that's very important to follow up with people. And sometimes people disappear and people go through seasons of difficulty and, and we, we battle for them and we strive for them, we pray for them. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to make a decision. Yeah. Are you going to just keep going and trust the Lord? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's always going to be pretty or you're going to understand what's happening but it is a decision, yeah. you know? It's like sometimes we, we panic as we don't know what we're doing. And where am I going? It's, did you make any decisions today? Well, what, what, what's the decision? Are you going to serve the Lord? <laughs> it's that simple. And, um, and God will be faithful to work it out. That's, I think, one of the greatest takeaways from the Bible and all of its stories because it also details the men and women who choose the opposite. Yeah. And it shows their story. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy didn't, this guy chose not to choose, you know, trust the Lord. It's yeah. called the book of Judges. You know, and as we, <laughs> as we read the book of Judges or other little vignettes, we see what happens when you don't. Yeah. And it's, it's every day Jonah. we have a decision. Jonah. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> we have a decision to make. So I think Joshua exemplifies that for us, his resolve as a leader. Hmm. Can we just talk about the foreshadowing and all the imagery that basically is like, I, I just love seeing things in in the Bible that point to Jesus constantly, whether yeah. it be, um, I mean, just the, the fact that uh, Joshua crossed the same river that 1,400 mm -hmm. years later Jesus had, comes out of right. as right. he's baptized. It's, it's just like the it's Jordan smart. River was just a river. Right. Right. And <laughs> here you've got this guy who's basically... To, to be to set his people free he has to walk through this river yeah and then 1400 years later you got Jesus who basically there was no uh, writing or historical documents of him performing a miracle until after his baptism in the Jordan River right. and so there's freedom and, and there's nothing special about that actual river I don't believe I mean that God created it but um, there's nothing mysterious or Powerful. I know a lot of people do go to the Middle East to get baptized in the Jordan River, um, but getting baptized in the Newport pool, um, like it's some good of us too. were, uh, is just the, the same. It's probably cleaner. But um, save a little money. But the reality is, is like it's just so awesome how it shows that. And then also the um, I just love how they the spies gave uh, Rahab the the scarlet 
um, rope to be able to hang. Right. And I mean, as Luke mentioned on Sunday a little bit, but I was like, man, I wish you would have gone deeper. Cause I love, I love those signs. Right. And, but it's like the color of blood, you know, mm-hmm. is what saves us. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that then it was, you know, before then it was the, the lamb's blood and, mm-hmm. and putting it over the, um, during the, the Passover yeah. and then the, yeah. you know, the, here's the scarlet thing that the, that the Israelites knew the power of the blood and it's all pointing, obviously, to, um, and when she hung that, it, mean, it meant that her and her family were going to be saved because that is the, the thing that was going to show that she was one to be trusted. And then, again, it's all pointing to uh, Jesus and the cross. I just I just love seeing that throughout the, the scriptures and then here in uh, the first couple chapters of Joshua. I, I just think, and I'm kind of just reading into it now with my own imagination, because all those are you know, real specified biblical types and shadows and, and, uh, examples, but that Joshua would send two spies in, um, and they would go to Rahab's house. Yeah. Like that they would find any sympathizer at all is a miracle, Yeah, but that they would find a, a woman, you know, yeah. which is so interesting because <laughs> we, we know that, that, uh, God did that on purpose and that he chose a woman just as he chose Mary, you know, mm-hmm. to bring about the birth of Jesus. Yeah. And he chose this woman, um, Rahab, because they, they could have found some dudes. They could have went to the local, you know, sporting goods store and found some guys, you know, buying some shotgun shells or something. And yeah. they would have been like, hey, you guys are, you guys are, you know, Israelis. Yeah, come on in. We know what you guys. But he on purpose choo- chose, I think, just another example of just to, to mess with our minds, if you would, and yeah. to mess with that culture. We know that the Jewish people, you know, didn't have a lot of male female relationships. I was kind of just shady and weird and, Mm-hmm. And, and, and unorthodoxed, and mm-hmm. so that the Lord would use use His plan specifically through through a woman, you yeah. know, and a shady lady at that. It's just like it's not on accident. It's mm-hmm. not just so we can like argue it away and be like, well, that probably wasn't really that. It's like no, He did that on purpose, mm-hmm. on purpose to demonstrate His love, His creativity, His plan, His redemptive values, mm-hmm. and uh, just His sovereignty over all things. I think just so we can look at our lives too when they when they don't make sense, when they get messy. Or when they don't, um, it doesn't add up. We can say, Lord, can you still use this? And he says, absolutely. Yep. I, I, work, I do my best through things that don't make sense and don't add up and that are outside the box. And we, right. and we see that exemplified throughout the scriptures. So I wouldn't call that a necessary specific type or foreshadowing, but just mm. Well, it God does. Being, you know, he uses the woman at the well and right. he yep. uses Mary. I mean, there's a lot of different um, right. examples throughout the, right. with the same context. Yeah. God definitely throws out a challenge he repeatedly. Does to challenge people's thoughts and like in our hearts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like even in our best days, like it says in Isaiah 64, I think where even, even your best days are to the Lord is filthy rags. Right. So even like, <laughs> even if you're like, dude, I'm pretty sure I did it today. And God's like, I'm gonna challenge that too. Yeah. Like it's not, not just the major challenges, mm-hmm. but God will, he, he won't share his glory with anyone. And you know, he's the only one deserving of all honor and all glory and, and all praise in our hearts first and foremost. And when, when you look back at your your mission or your ministry or your life or your legacy or any sort of fruit, yeah. you should be the first one to conclude, oh yeah, dude, that's the Lord. Yeah. He's 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 very creative. He is outside the box. And we know that. We know that. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we understand who we are personally and we know our story and we laugh. I do at least and say, Whoa, yeah. that, that the Lord could use me <laughs> at all. Okay, that's pretty that's pretty miraculous. And that's indicative. And I, I want, and I want to have that same type of uh, outlook when I'm preaching or teaching or sharing mm-hmm. or, or judging and viewing the, the surrounding in my life. 
who, who is around me? Can God use this person? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Does God want to include this person? Probably more than I realize. Is, is God able to? Does he have a plan for this, this shady gal or guy or this, you know, this, it's absolutely true. And I think that colors then our ministry. It colors our, our uh, just the way we live our lives when we see God's grace in the Old and the New Testament. I think it's so interesting, too, that just in the fact that, that she's mentioned by name. And there's so many heroes in the faith and heroes in the Bible that help the Israelites or help God's people along the way that just never even got mentioned. Right. And uh, it was specifically mentioned uh, many times, um, her name. And it's the point. And, and everything in her story points people to Jesus because the fact, one, that she's in the genealogy of Christ, um, that she, you know, her offspring led to right. uh, Joseph, led to her, uh, to Jesus. And the fact that even today, uh, her story, um, it's helping people. Right. I, I know that when when I was in Cambodia and Southeast Asia there, um, we went to uh, work with several different organizations. And one of the organizations that we work with, um, they actually have a house and they call it the Rahab House. And mm. there at the Rahab House is where they rescue girls that have been trafficked. Um, so girls that have been young uh, prostitutes. And one of the things that uh, they do there is they, they use that house as a place to rescue, to restore, um, to heal. And through that house, um, they're pointing people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they they're, they also um, have this ministry there um, where it's actually called Three Strands. And they make these bracelets. I think it's actually an American base now, but all the money goes towards Agape International and and. Um, they they make these bracelets called three strands, and as we know, the scripture that talks about three strands not being easily broken. Mm-hmm. And basically, these girls are making these bracelets, and in the middle of the bracelet, I have one at home. I was I was going to bring it, but um, there's a seed, and it's the color of crimson, and again, that color of crimson pointing to the blood of Jesus. And but that seed is some tree that only grows there in Cambodia, and the seed itself is very brittle. Mm-hmm. It's very like um, it can easily be broken, um, but it grows into one of the strongest trees in the, in the world. It's actually comparable to the cedars of Lebanon, mm-hmm. and I think it's just so powerful ju- just that imagery okay. of being able to say, you know, it's like um, here's a person that is, and th- this is why the, even this Sunday, you know, so many people relate to the sin of David or the, the sin of um, Rahab or the sin of, because I mean, we all struggle, right? Yeah. It's hard for us to compare ourselves to Jesus, right? Um, but it's easy to compare ourselves to the human aspect of people throughout the Bible, but every single one of them point to Jesus. Yeah. And I love Rahab's story because there's not much written about her, right. um, but she's mentioned uh, as, as Luke said, you know, she's mentioned as a, um, hero of the faith, you know, it's her faith. And, and, like, so. and like you mentioned, like she's referenced in the New Testament, but only because she was on purpose in the way that you just pointed out, mentioned in the Old Testament, like mm-hmm. right off the bat. And it's interesting because it's God's not making stuff up on the fly, like it's all prescribed. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the two spies are not mentioned. They kind of got a big, a big deal too. Right. And there's actually some historical like traditions where some people think it's like Eleazar and and even or something or one of the high priests and even Joshua like it's probably Joshua which doesn't really make sense because it, the story says Send and they yourself. come <laughs> and and they come back and report to Joshua right. all that that it, they'd heard, mm-hmm. but the fact that like whoever or whenever Joshua I believe he's the author of this book wrote this down he like let's mention her name, 
and I don't know if she had married Salmon at that point and cleaned her life up when he when he went back and wrote this down, or if it was like you know a couple dozen years later or whatever she became a prominent lady. He's like, let's make sure and mention her. Name. I don't know when the timing of the actual yeah. writing it down was, but it wasn't on accident. Right. But God on purpose because God knew I'm going to do amazing things through this woman. Mm-hmm. She's going to her great 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 you know thirty grapes later, yeah. grandson is going to be Jesus Christ like. <laughs> That's a big deal, yeah. you know? It's crazy. It's so crazy. And it's so fun because like God couldn't pick, it's almost like, I can't remember which person said, can anything good come from um, Bethlehem or can anything good come from... Jerusalem? Jer- no, where Jesus was born. Uh, Bethlehem. Yeah, Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, Bethlehem. Can anything good come from right. Bethlehem or Nazareth? That's Nazareth, what it's Nazareth. Yeah. Sorry. Nazareth. Right. Yeah. Cut that out, man. Look like, no, <laughs> I forgot our coffee. <laughs> can anything good come from Nazareth, right. you know? And uh, why would God choose Nazareth to... to have his son not be born in, but to be raised in, if it was going to have such a like scandalous reaction to people like, oh, the son of God is, is in Nazareth. And the first reaction is like, what? Yeah. You know, Nazareth? Yeah. What, he's from Otis? You know what's going on? Otis? <laughs> you know, this, this is, you know. I love you, Otis. Yeah, love, yeah. I mean, he can come from Otis. It's fine. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Otis, Oregon, for all you listeners out there, look, yeah. it, look it up. It's, it's on the map. And, uh, but that he would choose this woman, like you said, to not just be uh, named, but then the types, oh, there's going to be a scarlet cord coming from my roof mm-hmm. right. and, and from my, my window. It's like, what was that about? Well, we know what that's about. Yeah. So powerful. Mm-hmm. And it convicts me so deeply at once. It encourages me to then, you know, not do what we do so naturally, which is judge people by the outward appearance. Right. God looks at the heart. So easy to do. So easy to do. And then to even just trust the Lord and say, with God, he can do all things. This is why Jesus, I believe, was so drawn to... Uh, paralytics and blind people and lepers, mm-hmm. because in those days, they they were done. Yeah, you're done. You can't go worship. There's no healing or hope for you. You're yeah. just here. Go hang out here. You're you're kind of gonzo. And Jesus is like, well, let's go find the gonzo people. Yeah, and let's heal them. And, As a uh, spectator on the other side, it, I think it, in, in my opinion, it forces you to be a little more open handed to what mm-hmm. the message is. So, um, in my experience, when you have someone who is clearly good at what they do and they've done it for a long time. There's always going to be those people who are going to say, oh, well, that, you know, what people say about right? what we do sometimes is like, you know, oh, well, they're a cult or whatever. You can cut that out if you want. I'm <laughs> right. just trying to make my point. No. Right. They, they make their, um, their assumptions right. based off of what they see right away. And so if Jesus mm-hmm. went to the, um, <laughs> you know, the Pharisees or the priests or whatever first and was like, okay, we're going to do things through you. Um, I don't know that they would have, the people around there would have had the same reaction or even us no. reading the Bible would have the same reaction. It would just be high level people. Instead, he chooses people like, well, like us, broken people like right. Rahab, like, uh, lepers and, and blind, the blind and, uh, the lame, right. To make a point, right. Like, okay. I'm going to open up your heart. Um, and not, not to bring it back to worship, but like, that's like what worship is, right? You're just, you're opening up your heart. You're being vulnerable right. for what the Lord's trying to install within you. God's greatest glories are not going to come through the official channel. Right. Right. Yeah. No, they're going to, they're going to be camouflaged and disguised, yes. d- discovered along the way. And then in reality, if you're a part of it, it should surprise you too. Yeah. Like you should Amen. be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. I can't believe that. I can't believe that worked. Or right. I can't believe I should be surprised too. Cause if you're, you're not surprised, you're probably more, you know, looking to your own totally. efforts. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I hate to say this cause I'll probably keep walking in this, but I think that's one of the reasons why 
we find ourselves, and Ryan and I talk about this because we see each other just about every Sunday before we go up on stage, mm-hmm, yeah. and we confess to one another, you know, our weakness mm-hmm. and we, we're, our inadequacies and our, our anxieties. And we're like, dude, we're about to go on stage. How are you doing? It's like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm going to throw up. It's like, oh, me too. Let's pray. <laughs> and I think that, uh, I hate, and I hate to say this again, but I'm going to do it, but I think God does that on purpose yeah. because he is going to do something great because yes. that's his character and it's his nature. But he allows us to, to struggle mm-hmm. in the weakness mm-hmm. so that he can bless us. Yeah. It's almost like that cloak of humility must be put on so that the exaltation of the Lord is not confused with, with who we are or our abilities and it's just that that acceptance of I'm probably always going to have, you know, to struggle because yeah. I'm a struggler. Yeah. I'm just, you know, Rahab the harlot. In the New Testament, she's still called Rahab the harlot. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, let, let that go. <laughs> it's like, well. But one, one thing title. with that is is that um, he doesn't always use the same method mm-hmm. and he prepares us to be stretched. I mean, could, I don't want to get too far into uh, ahead of ourselves, but. I mean, as you mentioned, even on Sunday, it's the, the fact that, okay, if you're a warrior and you're, you know, strategy and you know how to be able to attack. And then the Lord says, I want you to walk around this right. place seven times. And then on the seventh day, you'll know, walk around seven times. And then you're going to declare me by praising out, by singing out. And then I'm, it's like, okay, Lord, wait, what you're asking me to. <laughs> right. And to me that, that is truly being led by the Holy spirit yeah. in right. that way yeah. is, is basically say, you know, okay, my methods, my way of doing things, my comfort zone um, has to be stretched right. because God is not going to stay in a box. He's not going to use the same people. He's mm-hmm. going to use a harlot. He's mm-hmm. going to use a sinner like me right. to do those things. But am I willing to, you know, think outside the box. And that's one thing I, I do like about the freedom that we have in our church to be able to take our gifts and our talents and our ability, our, even like I'll say, our offering that we get on Sunday mornings and be able to fill up people's tanks and do things that, you know, aren't necessary in the box and to use those things to win people to the Lord right. that are, are foreign. And yeah. so um, I don't know, maybe we could talk about this a little later, but uh, you mentioned on Sunday. I'd, I'd love to know, like, where you got this information and, and about the about how the walls came down. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 study. I, I listened to your message again this morning. I was like, because I was when I was a kid, jo- Joshua and the Battle of Jericho was like one of my favorite. You know, yeah. uh, oh, just yeah. the, the trumpets and the the whole thing. And I was like, well, that's so cool. That uh, maybe you just recap that right. little story. Yeah, and I, I can't remember the historian, the archaeologist. I want to say it's like Julius Winehouse or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but uh, something like that. Uh, he was not a believer, but he was an archaeologist. And when he was doing his digging around and, and studies of Jericho, in his journals and in his uh, periodicals, wrote down that the walls, when normally are taken over by an enemy through besiege, are pushed inward through battering rams and through you know war techniques. But it's as if, and this is a kind of a direct quote from him, it's as if the walls were pushed outward by an invisible hand. Oh, wow. And he wasn't, he wasn't a believer. He's like, you know, just like, this is kind of weird, you know? Right. And I think it'd be worth, you know, doing some more research on that. But that was, that was, um, and obviously that just, it, every time you- So they didn't fall inward. They f- felt more like it looked like they fell outward. Yeah, that's, that that's was pretty it. awesome. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it makes sense, you know, and anytime you yeah. ever do any kind of scientific right. excavations or, or archaeological, archaeological digs, it always proves what God has already said. Right. It's so fun because right. people are afraid to like- you know, dig. And I just love archaeology. Yeah. I've been to Israel twice and they have mm-hmm. some real major sites that are ongoing right now. 
and they're making discoveries, I want to say within every year, it's like, oh, we bought some land, we're going to put a mega mall in. They start digging like, oh, we just found something. It's like, <laughs> you're going to find something. And it just, uh, to me, it's not a surprise. It's super fun yeah. uh, to see that what we have put our faith in is founded and evidenced and even just, you know, able to be uh, seen by whoever wants to, you know, make a verdict. And so uh, one thing that uh, I didn't really have a chance to expand on, but this whole mil military campaign begins with sending two spies into the land to find out, you know, it doesn't really say why they're sending their land. It mm -hmm. just says, go spy out the land, especially Jericho. So we don't really know, do they have, you know, iPads with them? Are they taking pictures? Yeah. Are they taking soil samples? <laughs> like what is, what is the, 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 you know, the mission? Right. So they go to the harlot's house right away. Maybe that's just the first place. Like, let's just go get cover. Let's get into the town. And we, and we, and then, then their gig is blown. Yeah. And the king comes to her house, sends a messenger and says, Hey, we know two guys came in. She's like, Oh, they already bounced. Go get them. You know? And then she, she marches upstairs where she hid them and essentially whether this was God's plan or not, you decide, I say it is, they, this harlot says, I know who you guys are mm -hmm. and, and we know what's going on and yep. we're freaking out. Yeah. We have known about this. We've seen it coming. We know. And so by the way, I want you to make sure you're and save me and my family. Like she gets to the point, but these guys, these guys are still spies. They have a mission. Yeah. And so they're literally, we don't know if they accomplished any other Intel or recon, right. anything worthy at all. All they did was talk to a harlot. Yeah. And then they bounce and she even told them, leave right now and hide for three days. So they leave and they go back to Joshua. They're like, yeah, we met. So anyways, hear us out, boss. Okay. Hear us out. We hung out. Totally with the, legit. We hung out with a prostitute the whole time. <laughs> I mean, this is the plan. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, what, what'd you do? He's like, no, just listen, bro. We, we, we met this, we met this gal. Like, okay. And she, essentially she told us that everyone's afraid and they know who we are. And that was like enough. Yeah. And here's my, my point is, like that's not a very good military campaign. Right. It's, but w it was the word of God. God had already told them mm -hmm. the land is yours. Mm -hmm. And it was confirmed, if you would, through a, a strong word. Yep. That word yep. comes in, in, you know, the, the tagline yes. we say at the church is God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we look for a better strategy. Well, I know it says that, but what's it going to look like? And I was yep. like, dude, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Yep. It's like Should, putting the fleece out. It's the same thing. You putting the spies out. Was exactly. it? Exactly. But it was the confirmation of the, the simple word of God was enough. Josh was like, all right, yeah. make preparations. Yeah. And they get ready within three days mm -hmm. and they, they go in. Mm -hmm. Based on, again, I just think it's so freaky because they sent two spies in probably to get some, I would say, better intel, right. better plan. Yep. Like the, and, and we do that. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to witness to my friend or I'm going to start this ministry. And obviously there's wisdom necessary involved before you take on any mission. Right. However, the Lord's given to us a lot of permission already mm -hmm. and a lot of go into the land. Yeah. Uh, there's this one story in the book of Acts where God tells, you know, Ananias to do something and Ananias reasons with the Lord. He's like, well, I'm not sure if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I love Jesus's response to Ananias. It's in Acts so chapter nine. He's like, go. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was like, just go. Did I stutter? <laughs> and so God's word has enough declarations yeah. in it that sometimes we just wonder, right. well, yeah. I just need to do a little more research before I forgive my enemy. It's all through faith. <laughs> it, it's all through faith. And in, and in this case, you know, God has already told them they're going to get the land. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to just piggyback yeah. off of what you just said. And the very last um, verse, you know, at the very end, it says, and, you know, they told Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land into our hands. Okay. Well, you knew that from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you went in there to spy to get more intel. All you had to do was just walk in. Um, but we do this to ourselves, yeah. like what you were saying. We do this to ourselves. You know, if I were to 
start, I, I'm in the worship ministry. So if I were to start a new worship thing, yeah, I'm going to do some research on what I don't know. But if there's that temptation to question, like, should I be doing this? Sure. Maybe I should look more into this. Does, is this necessary? Or just believe that the Lord has called me to that right. and go and do it. One and of the things, what, let me just uh, real quick. One of the things I always think is that I, I say this many times with the the young adults because they're at this crossroad. Many of them are at the crossroads. If you're uh, post high school here in, in Newport and maybe you're going to the junior college or you're going uh, working uh, kind of a, a short term job or different, you have to figure out your career. You're not married. And a lot of people are kind of like, OK, what do I do, Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're saying that prayer. And then the reality is like. Um, you're just waiting. You're waiting for an answer. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I sit down with a lot of young adults, and I, I, I think we all struggled with that question at one point in our life, usually when we we're younger. And um, and it's a lot of people are like, man, I wish it was like how it was in the Bible, um, where basically God told them to go into the promised land. God told them to do this. God told it. And I, I said, well, it's still there. Right, yeah. The reality is, I mean, the last thing Jesus said to his disciples, now you go into the, all the world and, mm-hmm. and preach the gospel, baptize them. And, and the reality is so many people, uh, and I've told many people this, this before, so many people are saying, okay, oh, Lord, should I go? Should I go into mm-hmm. the mission field? Should I go? And I said, it already has told you right. to go. Yeah. Right. Your prayer should be, Lord, should I not go? Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's already said go. Right. And so yeah. for me, my prayer was when I when coming uh, to Newport, I was like, Lord, should I not go to Newport? Mm-hmm. Right. Because because if he speaks, if if I don't hear anything, he's already told me what to do. Yeah. And so if he if he's put it on my heart to do. Um, something, and I pray, say, say God says, oh, Adam, I want you to go and be a part of this mission, uh, this uh, orphanage down in Mexico. Okay, Lord, um, do you not want me to go to this? Um, because you've already told me to go, and you've put it on my heart. And so right now I haven't heard go. I've heard, I've heard no, I want you to be in Newport. But you always need to be continue to pray those prayers. Like, yeah. Lord, should I be a part of this? Should I continue to? Because we have to be moving forward. Right. Ministry, we have to be continuing because we're promised no longer the promised land. We're promised the world as our inheritance, mm-hmm. and and it's it's God's inheritance. Right. So we have to win the world, and we can't do that by just sitting still. Right. Yeah, right. and so that's what I love. And then the other side of that is that I love. I mean, we're hearing stories all the time of people that are not churchgoers, and they're hearing of what the Lord is doing through the ministry at South Beach Church, and they may be the. Um, the outside, they may be in the enemy's camp, quote unquote. Right. Um, but they're saying, you know what? I I see what you guys are doing, and there has to be truth to that. And the way Rahab saw and heard the stories, uh, and it was—I don't think it was fear-based for her. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, they're going to destroy us, and I—I I have to. It was no. I heard from the Lord, and so for me, it's like, man, people are hearing from the Lord, but it's mm-hmm. also pointing people to His church. Right. It's pointing people to um, a covering and a um, a place for them to be loved and trained and raised up and then and then sent out. Well, even right. think about Rahab's response to then she declared, "We're afraid. We see what's going on." Or like she'd heard the word, as, as you point out. Yeah. And then they gave her specific instruction. Like these guys had enough collateral to like, hey, let's 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 strike a bargain. We promise we're not going to kill you. Like you're going to be <laughs> saved, you and your whole household. Here's the right. here's the you know fine print. Make sure you're in the house. And she believed it. Like she knew this is going to go bad. Yeah. But she's like, dude, just hang on. 
And so she grabbed her family and like stayed in there. And I think actually I'll have to do some more research and maybe I'll present this on Sunday. Um, but some of the archaeological digs have actually found like within the walls, like intact rooms. Like, yeah. And it's just like, they, these ones didn't go down. Right. Like this one, it's like, the it's scale like, of this is huge. Yeah, yeah. They're like 12 foot wide at the yeah. base. It, and, like, so, it's a massive and it all just proved itself to be yeah. true. Yeah. And I think for me going back to like the spies go in for on a recon mission, Josh was like, let's figure out how to do this. Not that he's, you know, wondering if, but how, so it's, it's okay. So the spies come back and they say, dude, the land is given to us. They're so afraid. And so they mount the troops and they get after it. And for me on the day to day, back to what you were saying, Adam, as far as like kind of the bigger questions, like, should I move to Newport or should I go on this mission trip or should I not go? Mm-hmm. And those are kind of the bigger questions that like shape our life. But for me, I've, I've already got decisions that have already been made and mm-hmm. I've got giants in front of me. I've got to deal with this meeting. I've got to deal with this person. I've got to deal with this issue. And, and not everything that I have to do, do I enjoy doing. Mm, Sometimes I'm excited about certain things. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Other times I look at what's in front of me on my schedule. I'm like, this is it. I'm not looking forward to it. And the Lord looks at me and whispers. He says, what's the problem, Luke? Mm. So why? Let's, let's process that. Do I think this is going to be successful? Do I think this is actually going to work? I know who I am. I know what I'm, what I'm gifted at. And at that point I get nervous because my giftings are limited. Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, well, thank God. Thank me that it's not about your giftings <laughs> because they went and they took over Jericho, not based on any military prowess, but by based on God and God's insane sovereignty. Yeah. And so I, I want to be able to capture this type of confidence in the daily decisions. Right. And almost like King David, when he saw the giant, it was just another giant. He's like, dude, this is going to be so sick. God mm-hmm. is going to give us victory. I would love to throw a rock. And when you, when we as men and women look at our, our interpersonal conflicts our, you know, discipleship necessities within raising kids, our paying the bills, our taking care of our body, mind, spirit, just kind of the normal chores, spiritual chores, like, oh, I got to do this. It's yeah. like, well, what's the problem? Do you really think that God's going to fail you? And in your flesh, you'd, you'd have to confess, well, I must because I'm being lazy or I'm being, uh, I'm whining about this or I'm not going in like a lion. Yeah. And I just want to repent of that every day and say, I have nothing to fear right. that God, God has given me the land. And sometimes it's those bigger decisions like Adam was alluding to where you're, you're wondering if you should really step out in this, this area of faith mm-hmm. or if it's just accepting your responsibility for the day. Mm-hmm. I have to be a husband. I have to be a wife. I have to be a mom or a dad. I have to be a leader. I have to be single. I have to be married. And instead of, you know, being Eeyore and, you know, shrugging your shoulders down, having, you know, shoulders high and chest back and saying, let's go. Let's, I, I just, it's a different mentality for right. me. I don't think Joshua was sitting there the whole time he's waiting that 40 years. Like, oh man, yeah. sucks. he was ready for his mission, yeah. but he was patient. Like yeah. he's waiting. I mean, that's something to think about is God made yes. you wait 40 years right. to do what you need to do. Like, right. is that when you need to be impatient? Like, right. And even that patience takes boldness and that patience right. takes, you know, confidence. And we, we kind of talked about that at the beginning, how he was a good servant and he didn't like blow it. We don't see any, you know, he doesn't yeah. have any bad days. Aaron and Miriam were actually contracted by Moses himself to like be his like assistants. Mm-hmm. That's, those right. were his choice kind of at the beginning. And those guys both like stabbed him in the back. Golden calves and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they even rebelled against him one time. And I think, you know, both their hands turned into leprosy or something, yeah. you know, something yeah. like that. It was bad news. <laughs> and Joshua just, you don't see that in him. He's, he's, he's a... 
He was on point. He's all a patient the time. man. Yeah. All, all by faith too, though, right? Yeah, and that, that was the point I was trying to make earlier. Is, um, they went in uh, to the spies went in, and they only needed that one word from Rahab, That's and it. they were good. Yeah, like, like okay, we got this, we, boss. Yeah. The harlot said, Out of faith, like she could have been lying to them. Yeah, you know that's easy to do. Like sure. she, she knows who they are. She could be lying. Right. Instead, they decided to believe it, and they went off and said, "Hey, we got it." Let's and then go. God did what only God could do. Yeah. And I think for me nothing's changed. Like mm-hmm. I tend to look at the world that God's given to us. And not every day I see this clearly, but if you really were to ask me like, what's going on in the church, the local church, 2022 and say, well, God is building his church mm-hmm. and he's taking the land yeah. and he's rescuing souls and he's going, he's doing it from the uttermost to the guttermost and nothing's going to stop him. And really it comes back to Joshua 24. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can mm-hmm. choose who you want to serve, yeah. which is a scary freedom you don't have to participate. There's so many people right now that say, if God were real, well, how come I don't see him in my life? It's like, right. you know what? Honestly, you're not looking for him. Yeah. Like you're just not, I'm not going right. to, I can't judge you. Yeah. But if I don't see God in my life, it's probably because I'm not really letting him be in my life. Yep. I'm, right. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm a pastor. So like God should be really in my life. But I know, I know there's so many moments in my day where I'm just choosing to do the other thing. Yeah. And it's just true. You know, you got to confess, you got to deal, deal with it. And so as if I choose to believe God's word and choose to be on mission, uh, I think that 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 confidence is right there. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not your own confidence, it's borrowed confidence in what the Lord is doing. And that's exciting when the people of God realize that nothing's changed. There's still giants in the land. There's still battles to fight and there's still words to believe. It's not any different. And every day is a choice. And it's not this big decision that you make like at the beginning of, you know, Sunday school, like I'm a believer, you know, which is a good Mm -hmm. decision. And that's a miracle in a moment, but then that that momentary miracle is developed over the rest of your life as as a model of faith. Right. I think Miriam's one of those characters that man, I'm, I'm excited to sit down in heaven and hear the whole story. Um, I, I throughout the throughout the whole word, there's uh, these characters where you just want to be able to know more because right. there's obviously like so much like conversations that she had, you know, with. Um, both uh, the leader in Jericho and, and her decision, all the things, and to be able to sit down. And it just reminds me of, like, of obviously she's praised in the future for her faith. And we see, we do see some of it. And um, I believe there's probably way more that was undocumented. And for me, it's like we're now in a season, right, coming out of COVID, coming out of um, kind of the our lockdown and and where we're able to, kind of see some stories from people in our church um, who have had to have, who had to fight uh, for their faith mm-hmm. uh, where our faith was kind of um, rocked. It was kind of uh, questioned at times um, where uh, not kind of hard times, uh, you know, the question of, are we going to have enough toilet paper <laughs> and <laughs> enough food to get through this? Um, oh the reality, are we going to survive? Um, right. I, I mean, uh, you know, we all, kind of differ on, on what to believe and what was out there and, um, what to even, uh, know. And, um, but I'll, I'll admit the first couple of weeks were scary. Um, you know, the first couple of weeks were like, man, is this something that's going to take us out as a human race? And I, I don't believe Jesus would, uh, the Lord would ever let that happen. But, um, as we're now kind of going back to quote unquote, uh, normal, um, it's kind of was a test to see, okay, where are we in our faith? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to stay strong? Because, I mean, to me, it sounds like she was the only one that was, her and her family were the only ones that were saved and and, and stuck through mm. um, this whole time. And as things get harder as as the uh, the world and, um, 
you know, you did say on Sunday, the best is yet to come. And I 100% agree with that. The blessing and and seeing people come to the Lord and seeing the work of the Lord. But also we know that hard times are coming and harder times are coming. And um, the challenge to stay strong in our faith, uh, the test, I, I believe there's a, a much harder test coming than, mm. than uh, 2020. And um, I want to be able to, I mean, I don't need it ever to be written down in the future, but I want to be a, a, a one that's known for my faith mm-hmm. through those times. Amen. And so um, one that's one thing I, I really appreciate about our church is that we are equipping people um, to be f- set free in their addiction, set free in their chains and their bondage, but also um, to prepare them for what's coming mm-hmm. uh, for the future. And so right. I'm excited for what's coming. Um, I really do believe that we need to continue to prepare. Right. Um, each other and, and to um, really have each other's backs. And that's why I love sitting around this table with you guys and be able to just like uh, talk about these things. Because right. when I walk away, you know, whether it's the life groups or the four is more, um, mm. when I walk away from those things, even our staff meetings, you know, we walk away feeling uh, more confident yeah. in my faith and being able to, um, you know, just go deeper. But I don't know. That's it's really cool to me, and it's, maybe we should start this podcast. Right. Have we started? Yeah. Are we yeah. still in the intro? Pray, Luke. I have again. a question for you, yeah. just to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, out of our conversation here, mm-hmm. and just one in chapters one and two of Joshua, mm-hmm. what's the biggest thing you would want our listeners to take away from that? I think it's a, a simple response to God's clear word, and one interesting contrast is in the New Testament. You don't have, I'm just trying to rack my brain, I'm pretty, pretty, almost positive, I guess I am positive. You don't see any real military conquest. Mm. It's just, it's not. So we're in a military conquest, you know, study in Joshua. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think there's 13 battles, 30, 33 unique enemies, mm-hmm. you know, three major battles and all kinds of different just opposition. And so then in the, if you fast forward to the New Testament, which is where we live, mm. we're, we're in the New Testament, we're New Testament believers. And so there is a disconnect in a sense. And, but there's not, it's still a battle. And so in, in the old Testament, especially in the study of Joshua, they they have real walls that need to come down, real enemies that are going to try and take them out, real miracles that need to be performed. So then if you fast forward to the new Testament, when the church is equipped by Jesus and Jesus says, go and disciple all men, baptizing Mm -hmm. them in in my name, teaching them to obey my commands. And then you study the book of Acts, you see that, that there is conflict there is difficulty, there's spiritual warfare, there's faith that is always required and necessary. And so then if you just study these hand in hand and then apply them to our life, we're in 2022, we live on the Oregon coast, you know, there's, uh, it, life's very easy right now, if you're honest, if, if you're honest, like last night, yesterday we had lunch together, remember? Yeah. And I remember I was looking around at our lunch, I was like, I took, I took a little bit off everyone's plate, I think, except a couple guys. I, t- I took some from Katrina and I took, from, you know, took some from, I think I took one of your tater tots, you know, Adam. <laughs> And I just, everything tasted so good, you know, so and my good. burger was so good, you know, shout out Newport Brewing Company. And um, <laughs> well, it was so good. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not, a sponsor. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. It was so good. And I was like, this is so good. And and I guess my point is, um, it might not always be that good. You know, mm-hmm. right now we're just, in a, we're very, because God knows best. Mm-hmm. He, w- he will. I'm not afraid to suffer. Like, I don't want to suffer. I don't think anybody will like, voluntarily suffer. Right. But when we went through COVID over those two years, there was a, a variety of different types of suffering, emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual, 
physical, people yeah. lost loved ones. And it was like, it was a shakeup. And to think that God's not going to um, do two things, equip us for the battles to come. He's going to equip us. Mm-hmm. But if, if we also think that there's not going to be battles, like we're silly, yeah. we're foolish. Yeah. There's going to be battles. Right. And so, so when I face the next battle, which, with, which will probably be in the next 25 minutes, you know, <laughs> an right. hour. I've got a meeting at 3.30 <laughs> that, that I'm kind of sure. like gearing up for. Yeah. And I, uh, I want to have the confidence, both of the military campaigns that we learn from in the book of Joshua, as well as the spiritual victories that we study in the New Testament. And because we're not probably going to have military battles in our day, but we're going to have spiritual battles. There's no difference. And I just think it's important as a believer to say, uh, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. It's not going to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. What do I do when it gets hard? Well, you trust the clear word of the Lord. Yeah. What was the clear word of the Lord? And you believe it and God will confirm it. The fact that God confirmed it again through Rahab the harlot is just such a, you know, such a, a, a joy, like God will confirm it. And like Adam just said, sitting around the table with you guys talking about God's word. Uh, why? Why are we doing this? Couple, couple of reasons. Number one, we're we're trying to give uh, our listeners something else to to encourage them mm-hmm. and to edify them, a little insight into our life. But let's be honest, it's, this is this is our encouragement. It's like eating lunch right. yesterday, oh, yeah. we all right. we all were fueled. Yes, right. And <laughs> I want to be the next, you know, Joshua. Let's mm-hmm. not. Let's do it. Why not? Let's yeah. be the next leaders. Right. Let's let's take the Bible, the clear word that God's given to us. Let's take the land and let's do so for God's glory and for others' good. So I, th- I think as we just look at the book of Joshua, obviously seeing God's victory, God's um, sovereignty and his ability to do whatever he's going to do. I also like that, by the way, we can talk about that in, in weeks to come, that God's probably not going to do it your way. Yeah, He just isn't. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> um, I, la- I, la- I laugh because you guys know we've been looking for solutions for our building for many years. And oh at this point it's like, yeah. even... I'm not saying God's going to do it his way. He's not going to do it Luke Frechette's way. And I'm fine with that at this point. It took me, (laughs) took me like, you know, half a dozen years. Um, Working some stuff out. Yeah, working some stuff out. But that's so good because then I I can trust that God is going to do it. And Mm -hmm. that's all he really asked me to do. He doesn't ask my input. Like I said, the the spies came back with no real good intel, except we're going to (laughs) win. Okay. Mm. What should we do? Let's march. So, and, and again, the New Testament is such a variety of missionaries that there's no real box to put them in either. Mm-hmm. When you study Peter and you study Paul and you study John and James, these guys are all going out in various ways. And there's really no, there's, there's, there's not a real pattern. You know, there's some things that they do. They gather weekly. They take, uh, they take the scriptures seriously and prayer seriously, fellowship seriously. But as far as like their exploits, it's just God being God. And uh, that sets us free from having to overthink and to overcalculate and to, uh, you know, try and figure things out. So let's let God be God and let's be, Let's be his his servants. Amen. Amen. That's a good way to we'll end it right it. there, man. <laughs> that could be the end. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast providers. <laughs>